8.31 your time, and you know what that means. That means history matters. History always matters, but especially on Thursdays at 8.30 when we are joined in the studio by the one and only Scott Washington, grand historian extraordinaire, to catch us up on this week in history. Good morning. Well, it's not just me, Aaron. It's you, too. I mean, that's what's made our conversation so much fun over the years. And everybody else who's listening and going, oh, wait, I know about this, too, which is really... (laughs) You're the one who gets to start. You serve I volley. That's how how it works. I think it's pretty equal. That's what it seems to be. Um, You know, this is the one-month anniversary of when, of course, Russia invaded Ukraine. And um, so we just note that. Uh, But we don't focus entirely on this because what the people of Ukraine are fighting for that we all identify are the very things that we lift up in this show. Uh, The very things that uh, we feel are so important are the people who contribute so much, some of the interesting things, the ability to talk about it freely. Um, This is what they're fighting for. And more than that, this is what we want to lift up because that's why history matters. And today is a great day to wish happy birthday to someone who was born in 1868, lives to 1946. Um, She's a school teacher. Uh, born March 27th, 1868. Uh, she and her sister are actually pretty progressive, uh, and uh, she composes a tune. Uh, well, actually, her sister is the composer, but she writes the, the lyrics, and it's good morning to all. So she's entering good morning to all, good morning to all, good morning to all, good morning to all. Okay. That's all we should have How long about. did it take her to write those lyrics? <laughs> it's, it's like sitting words. there on the in bed at night, like pouring good morning to you, good morning to everyone. No, that doesn't scan. Good afternoon. No, that's it's that's dumb. No, I'm gonna get this. Words. That's it. They thought we'll make it as simple as possible. Great it's way. not sixty, it's four words. And then somebody words. in the class has a birthday. So they decide, well, I think we could maybe change the lyrics. And the lyrics become, of course, the well-known tune we know as Happy Birthday to You. The woman, the teacher, Patty Smith Hill, and her uh, sister is uh, Mildred, uh, who writes some music, or they both write it, but hmm. it's Patty who's the one who comes up with it, and it earns enormous royalties until it finally has recently passed into the public domain, which is, so we just want to celebrate her birthday, enough because no one was there to sing happy birthday to her for so many years. Nah. Weird Al has, uh, this song is just six words long as his song parody. <laughs> this song was just four words that's long right. and did even better. Well, that's true of some lyrics of songs. It's like, well, how many count them? And you, you hear the refrain over and over again, and right, it's still right. catchy. What's the simplest um, ones that are the best? Like, I think about Love Me Do, which is like, right. Love Me Do, you know I love you, I'll always be true, so please love me do. Like, that's super that's right. simple. Uh, is it Green Eggs and Is it Green Eggs and No, it's not Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, Cat in the Hat, is that the one that only uses like 50 words? I think it's something like yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. interesting. It's like a challenge. Can yeah, you come yeah. up with uh, catchy lyrics? And there are I think people... that might be Green Eggs and Ham that, that only uses 50 words. I, now, I'm, now I'm blanking. But now everyone can take the challenge. Can yep. you write a, a hit little lyric that will stick with you? And uh, I think it's possible. Well, that's what we like to lift up. We stand on the shoulders of giants, people who come up with these incredible, simple ideas. Uh, Another one is a woman who was born March 23rd, uh, 1924. And uh, she uh, grew up 
in uh, Dallas, Texas, became a secretary. And, you know, this is the time before word processing. So people had mistakes. Well, they would use uh, anything they could. And um, one thing that this particular woman had is she was also a bit of an artist. So part of her part-time work she did was painting. And she realized people made mistakes. They could paint over it. Well, as they developed new and better typewriters, one of the problems was being able to erase mistakes. And you either had to type it perfectly, or if you didn't, you were really stuck. Mm -hmm. So she kept playing around with a formula and uh, developed something that later would become called liquid paper to paint over, basically, a mistake that you, were, you had typed, and they would dry. You could type over it. Worked really well. Became a gigantic industry. And um, one of the interesting offshoots of this is uh, she becomes the mother of Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. So we're continuing our <laughs> our interesting nice. theme of music. And uh, there's another woman who uh, pops up this week. I wonder if he got the job with the Monkees because they like they, they there was a <laughs> casting call like they hired people. Is that right? I wondered if he because you know the band didn't form on its own like right. they hired people. It was a TV show and then they decided to actually become a band for realsies. And I wonder if he got the job on the Monkees in part because of the connections from the fact that his mom was the inventor of liquid paper. Well, certainly if they had any mistakes in the librettos, they could you know use that. There you I go. Guess, yeah. But. Uh, one of those Last things. train to New York City? No, that doesn't stand. Last train to L.A.? No, I don't think they have trains in L.A. Okay, anymore. Okay, here's a kind of a roundabout <laughs> connection to musical, too. And it's March 24th. Um, a woman is born... When uh, I saw her face, now I'm a libertarian? No, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> well, musicals will come to our mind all, all today. Um, Matilda Jocelyn Gage, born March 24th, 1826 in uh, Cicero, New York. Um, and she lives to the end of the 19th century, 1898. She is really an interesting person who is probably not as well known to many people, but um, she's uh, an abolitionist. Uh, she's for suffragette, for women's right, big, big influence, and almost to the left of everybody else in saying, wait a minute, things are wrong. We should be able to do the things that uh, men be able to do and have the same rights, especially voting and everything else. Um, she has a daughter, um, and her daughter is um, Maud Gage. And uh, Maud is a... She raises her, and she's free-minded and free-thinking and has her own opinions. Well, uh, she meets a young guy who's in theater and um, uh, probably musical theater, too, and uh, they fall in love. And um, it, the, the, her mom is like, well, I'm not sure, but okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, the marriage, and he goes into dry goods. He's out in uh, South Dakota, comes to Chicago, but he always has a penchant for telling stories. And as they have kids, he's telling stories, and she starts to write them down. And um, those stories gain traction and become very successful. Uh, her husband is L. Frank Baum, the writer of the Wizard of Oz series. Nice. And some uh, later historians have looked at the Wizard of Oz stories and said, look at the influence of these strong women in his life. It is no wonder that in, uh, in probably their own kids asking about 
their mom and her history of what she was like as a little girl, that she's relating a strong, independent young woman like we know Dorothy yeah. to be. Which it's, I just love that kind of story. Wizard of Oz is kind of remarkable because uh, this is this is a conversation that I was having like way back, like 15 years ago with classes. We were talking about children's literature and children's yeah. movies and like, the stories that we tell. And a lot of times you have like stories that are designated as boys' stories and stories yes. that are designated as stories that we often tell to girls. Uh, but but gender-neutral stories, stories that are that are generally like told to everyone right. that are accessible like how many of those stories have female protagonists right. not that many That's like right. it's hard to think of, of of very many we've got more now i think today in the last 15 right. years like a hunger games is a, is a classic example but uh 15 years ago you couldn't really think of too many and wizard of oz is kind of like the the exception that proved the rule uh, right. because you've got a really strong female protagonist yes. uh, and an antagonist <laughs> yeah, for that matter. That's right. Because uh, let's not leave the witch out as a, as a strong character. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, that's kind of, that was kind of unique at the time, which was, which was cool. And everyone could identify with it. Certainly, you know, generations of kids and of, of either gender, but especially women growing up going, oh, yeah, this is normal to be yeah. forthright, be able to ask questions and go seek uh, to do something good and better. Yep. So we are in the, as I say, we stand on the shoulders of the giants who come before us, who have planted those seeds. And that's what part of our program is to look at origins of where things come from. So I've got <laughs> Yeah, speaking with Scott Washington, we've got time for one more. Okay, you this one is... I had to look it up because it just seems so preposterous, but it is really true. It really did happen, um, and <laughs> it's a it's a sad death that happens on March twenty second, two thousand and six. It's about a tortoise that dies mm. in India, but you've got to understand the backstory of this tortoise, um, and it to go back a ways. Uh, he was given as a gift to this um, English. Uh, 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 general who secured a battle uh, that was very significant in why Britain has a connection with India. But the date of the battle was 1757, and this tortoise lives 255 years. <laughs> wow. So that's to put everything kind of in perspective when we think, oh, what just happened yesterday? Or the internet, it just happened. Or Facebook, did you see what? No. Think of 255 <laughs> years. And Back it, in my day, we didn't have liquid paper. <laughs> yes. We had to type the page that's over right. again. <laughs> I remember when dirt was invented. <laughs> Water, it was a mess. <laughs> Things like this. This is what makes history so interesting. It's why we remember the good people of Ukraine, because they're fighting for the very same things. And uh, we need to lift it up here in the birthplace of the Bill of Rights in Orange County, North Carolina. We know what that's like. And uh, uh, Godspeed to those good people. And that is History Matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric.